Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jacob with Unleashing Intuition Secrets. And I have Victor Avila on. It's been quite some time since I've had him on, so I'm going to read a little bit of his background. Uh, has amazing background. Uh, wrote an excellent book as well. Uh, he's a retired supervisory agent, special agent with the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, Homeland Security Investigations, HSI, under the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, DHS. So, uh, Basically, you had some uh, insights uh, into what was going on uh, in the past, and you got some great insights because you worked in uh, Mexico City, Portugal, Spain, U.S. embassies, and all the in all those countries. Uh, you worked in El Paso, across the border in Juarez. Uh, you worked drug trafficking, human trafficking, smuggling, financial violations, arms trafficking, commercial fraud, and counterterrorism. You have the insights of what what's going on, and unfortunately, uh, during some of your operations in the past, you lost uh, your friend, Special Agent Jamie Zabata, uh, who lost his life when you guys were ambushed by the Los Zetas drug cartel in Mexico. So, Victor, thank you so much for coming on again. Uh, I talked to David Rodriguez, like we were talking about before the show. He said you have some excellent insight. You just uh, disclosed a little bit to me. Yeah, into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to right now. Let's let's jump in. Well, um, as you know, and uh, I'm retired now, but I I stay on top of this. Uh, the border is my life, and uh, the I get intel. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to share some intel with you that I just literally got right now, wow. and I get intel like this on a daily basis of what's happening on the border in Mexico and how that affects us, especially a lot of intel on the cartels. Uh, who are moving, uh, who are responsible for moving all these people and the drugs. Um, and so uh, I've been doing that. I'm do I go around the country doing public speaking announcements or, or, or uh, gigs and a lot to police forces and military uh, groups to tell them the truth about what's happening. You'd be surprised the police chiefs and 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 sheriffs around the country, eh, they heard of something going on the border, but they really don't know the dynamics of, of how what's happening down here is going to affect them. As a matter of fact, it already is affecting them. And so that's what I do. And now I'm running for Congress down at uh, District 23, which is from El Paso to San Antonio, because I preach it a lot, man. I go out there and I say, get involved, do this, do that. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I, I, it's hard. It's hard. It's a commitment, but I'm, I'm, it's an extension of my public service that I want to do it. I want to, I want to change the dynamics, Michael. I want to I want to, it sounds ridiculous that at the point in the, of the country that we're in, but I want to give the power back to the people and I'm, I'm applying for this job so they can tell me what to do. I'm not going to go and tell them, I, I'm going to give the power and the voice to them and you tell me what you want me to do in DC and I'll be glad to do it. Cause as you know, after I went through that ambush, almost lost my own life, I lost a lot of that fear. I'm not afraid of the politicians. I'm not afraid to confront them. I'm not afraid to talk to them. It's all diplomatically, but, um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not concerned about. They're gonna tell me no. You know. I'm like, yeah. I, I've seen. I've seen evil in its eyes. So let me give you a briefing, kind of like what's going on, because yeah. it's been shifting in the last two years. I mean, since the last time we talked, it's it's a lot of shifting and a lot of shifting on both sides of the border. The Mexicans, the the cartels, then our government uh, allowing all this to happen. Yeah. 
And so first the cartels, they adopted and, and brought on the human smuggling and the human trafficking. They didn't do that before. They, they were drug trafficking organizations and they did their drugs and dabbled in here and there, but they realized, wait a minute, there's a lot of money to be made with these human beings. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden they just, they took over the coyotes. They took over the whole territory and they ruled it all. Now they've taken it so far that, uh, I want people to understand there's a difference between smuggling and trafficking. Smuggling is that one-time venture that you pay the cartel and you to come into the country. Trafficking is an exploitation of that child, woman, man, whoever, for sexual reasons or or forced labor, and they keep on paying and paying the cartels, and they learn that quick. And so now you're seeing smuggling turning into trafficking because the cartels are owning these people all the way to wherever they end up, Minneapolis, North North Carolina, wherever, and now they're in, in, in debt to the cartels because they owe them the money that they didn't have to pay them to come into in the first place. And I've talked to them. This is firsthand information. I go down to the border a lot and I, I interview people from Nicaragua and all over the place. And that's the, these are the stories they tell me. Like I got to get, when I get to Minneapolis, I got to pay the cartel a thousand dollars a month. I owe them 8,500. And if I'm late, it's a $300 penalty. And if I don't pay them, they'll kill my parents and take the house. And this is how the control they have. But I want people to understand they're here. The cartels live here in the United States, all over the country, right. overseeing the, the people, overseeing their product. And so what's happening at the border is all policy driven, which is very upsetting to me because it has nothing to do with the law. Um, you heard about Title 42 and this big mess and Title 42 is going to be lifted in last week and it's going to go to, man, nothing happened. And let me tell you why nothing happened. I was a little bit surprised, and I'll tell you where I was surprised, but Title 42 has been in effect because of the pandemic. Uh, the government can repel people back based on COVID. That's it. Uh, but if that's the case, then why do we have 7 million people that came in, in the last two years? If Title 42 was in effect and actually enforced, then we wouldn't have all these illegal aliens here. But the fact is that we do. Yes, they repel some people back, and that's all you're going to hear in the mainstream media, uh, we expelled, you know, 22,000 people in the last two years. Yeah, but you let 7 million in. And so that's the part that you don't hear. Now, when Title 42 went away last Thursday, I was in El Paso. We were in front of the wall, uh, this big, beautiful wall that didn't matter because they opened the gates. So uh, I'm first of all, I'm thinking, well, then what the heck are we doing, right? So these gate 40, gate 42, it's right by the highway. It's the media is there. We're all here. We're all thinking, here they come, right? Nothing happened. And I'm like, I have been briefed by one of my sources, one of my, a BP agent, a couple of days before. And he explained to me exactly what they were going to do. And they were going to take the groups because they're expecting in Juarez on the other side of El Paso, about 35, 40,000. And so they said, okay, we're going to start issuing them numbers, holding them on the other side of the wall, start bringing in groups of two to 300 and process them, issuing them an actual A file, which is like a booking. Uh, when I worked as an agent, uh, I wanted to know something about illegal alien, I go look up the A file. And the A file contains everything from that very first time that person was encountered. Keep in mind, we haven't been doing A files for the last two and a half years. So there has no record of these people. And now they tell me, we're gonna do A files. It's, it's a real booking, it's a real process, and we're gonna track them. 
And some people are going to be given a notice to appear. Some people are going to be given this, and you know, there's all these different, it gets a little complicated, but a lot of different phases and, and different ways that they're going to be mostly allowed in. Some are going to be returned. Some are going to be repelled depending on what country you're from. If you're a family unit, if you're a single adult male, all these things, all these different factors. But the fact is it was going to change. And then one thing that I heard a lot is, well, title eight is going to kick in. Well, title eight is not kicking in. Nothing is kicking in. It's the law. It's always been the law. What's yeah. kicking in is the enforcement of the law that they haven't been doing under this administration. So I said, okay, good. Some people are going to be prosecuted. Yeah, okay, good. So this is the process. Well, two days later, I'm there with everybody else, and no one comes through. And I'm like, what the heck is going on, man? Mm. Well, I think is, uh, this is this is my guess on this part, that not even the line agents or the supervisors knew what the administration was planning to do on the lifting of Title 42, that they didn't even inform them. And they informed them at the very last minute so they wouldn't get that information out, like to people like me. And and it, and, it, and it seems that way because what they started doing is they kept all the people behind the wall and waited till the cover of darkness in the middle of the night and the buses went over, loaded them up, and they went to the port of entry. And they're going different places. One place is to a, low, a, a legal port of entry to bring them into the port of entry as a legal alien with documents. And I'm thinking, no, 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 you cannot do this. You cannot issue a parole just because you're illegal. Uh, you cannot, uh, uh, if you're going to process them, then you're going to do the NTAs and do all this. But all of that went out the window. Some people are still, they are being returned. Some pe people are being voluntary returned or what they call expedited removal. Yes. And that's what you're going to hear in the news. I saw a, uh, a clip, a video clip on Instagram from one of the Border Patrol chiefs down in the valley. And she's in front of the airplane. They're loading them up with a bunch of Guatemalans and look at us. We are deporting people. Yeah. You're, again, you're going to deport 5,000, but you're going to allow a million in. Mm -hmm. And 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 that's the part that pe they won't tell you. Um, and so what's going on? So this is, I think it's worse because now it's covert. Now they're not letting the media see. They're not letting anybody see. Uh, we got, Dave and I have friends in El Paso. They were throwing drones up to get the footage uh, from the sky because they kept everybody back, not even close enough to even, and especially at, at, at night, you couldn't see anything because on, on the other side of the wall, it kind of goes a, a revered, it goes down. You couldn't see anything. And there was hundreds of people, possibly thousands there. And they were just getting, you just see the buses come out. And so some buses go to the port of entry. Some buses are going down to San Antonio, to Del Rio, to Laredo to disperse these people. What the border patrol did not want was all these thousands of people in one place. Remember uh, Del Rio and the Haitians yeah. when that happened a, a little over a year ago? That they they didn't want that. They didn't want that to happen. So they're dispersing them and spreading them up across the whole border and laying them in. And yes, they're coming in because catch and release is still in effect. But here's the the, the kicker: on s Sunday of this past week or Saturday, I don't know exactly what day. There was a federal judge in Florida. Mm -hmm. that somebody sued the master and he ordered an injunction to stop this. He ordered a U.S. district judge ordered, you have to seize, catch, and release. Did it stop? Nope, because this administration doesn't even follow the orders of U.S. district judges, man. This is lawlessness. This is the craziness that's happening at the border. But um, but we'll talk more about all this in detail. But it, it, I just want you to know this is what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And so the cartels are having a field day.
Even the cartels adjusted. So when I was in El Paso, there was a huge line of illegals coming through the river in Brownsville. And they start sending the videos and my friends over there start calling them like, hey, the DPS troopers, the state now, the state of Texas and the Texas Guard are not letting them come up. I said, okay, all right. Now, this is what I've been talking about for a long time. Don't even let them come up. Tell them to go back. And they started doing that. And I said, well, if they're doing that in Brownsville, why aren't they doing that in El Paso? I mean, it, it was very, it's very different per sector. Well, uh, they only did it there, but they only did it for a couple of days. It was a, it was a photo video op. So mm -hmm. the state of Let him up to Brownsville. We're going to bring him to uh, through Eagle Pass, Texas. And Eagle Pass, Texas, which was very hot and very, a lot of activity last year hadn't died down. Well, all of a sudden, they, here they come. And I know what the property owner, uh, uh, they came out in the news, and they have a fence that was put up, a chain link fence that was put up by the state of Texas with a uh, razor wire on top. And... You see a, a guardsman, an uh, army person or National Guard, whoever, open the gate and let him in. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. So I called the, the, the uh, I talked to the homeowner and I'm like, what's, here? well, this back. And so why, why, who authorized it? Well, immediately the, the, the governor said it wasn't us. It wasn't a Texas Guard. So was it an army National Guard under the direction of the Biden administration? He said, you better go open that gate and let him in. And so here we're back at square one. There is no border security and uh, the people are still coming in and not only the ones that are turning themselves in, but the ones that are being smuggled that a very few people talk about. There's a tons of illegal aliens being smuggled that we never hear about. Uh, the ones that they do catch, sometimes they, uh, they have these high speed chases down there and with the sheriffs, you've probably seen some of these videos, rollovers, deaths. Uh, it's crazy, and but they don't want to be detected. They don't. They want to be smuggled into the country and not put their information up. So uh, it is craziness. Yeah. So I, I've heard that uh, some of these buses, like you're talking about, they do they high speed over the border. Uh, they do, they don't stop for anyone. They just high speed. They chase them. They can't throw you know uh, the 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 things that do the tires, the spikes. Yeah. Yeah, the spikes, they can't throw them because it, you know, would cause damage uh, to communities because it's dangerous for the community. So they're high, you know, high speeding it through communities and so forth and finally get through communities and then they're able to stop them. But it's a long chase for uh, some of these uh, buses that are trying to like just steamroll through. It's crazy. Yeah. And we have uh, people from all over the U.S. coming down to the border because the money's flowing and because they tell them, we'll pay you $1,500, $2,000 to go transport a group of however you could fit in the back of your SUV, uh, 10, 12 of them, and then either transport them from the border to a stash house or pick them up on a stash house and go further into the U.S. And they DPS starts chasing them. They don't stop. They roll over. People die. It, they've already killed uh, U.S. citizens. I mean, the last one in, uh, is a small county, Upton County. It was a grandmother and her uh grandchild or uh, the little girl mm -hmm. smashed on and killed by the by the smuggler and and so yes it affects you as citizens but like we were talking a little bit before the show i've been talking about the effect that this is having on the rest of the country right and guess what it, now, it already is give you a lot of credit which you deserve is when we did a show it's like over two years ago you were saying 
it's going to come and it's going to come in a way that no one can comprehend right now. And you, you nailed it. So and you're, it, it's yeah. And, and sorry to be right. I, I don't want to be right. But you see, I know it, no one wants to see this, but you have to call it out and let people know. Now we'll, we'll talk a little bit, you know, once you go in a little bit more detail, what you're seeing, you know, in the future again. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so yes, it's happening. The, um, one of the things that I, uh, I talked about a lot and, is the the bloodshed and death and and it sounds horrible but it's true drownings oh my last summer man the, it was drownings like crazy uh people's bodies in the desert uh burned by the sun some illegal aliens are com would commit suicide and hang themselves from trees because they're so disoriented they're about to die they rather just kill themselves and of course, the sexual assaults and, and rapes of the children and of the boys, people just think it's the girls, but they rape the boys and the men and, and the assaults, the extortion, uh, they get robbed, they get beat up. And I'm thinking, if you want to be a humanitarian and have some compassion, you secure the border as not to make these people go through these journeys from the Darien Gap all the way through the you know, middle the Central America and Mexico where Mexico, they tell me the last time I talked to a group of aliens down there, it was like, the day in Gap is rough. But they said Mexico was the worst because in Mexico, they got to fight the cartel. They got to fight the uh, the corrupt government. They got to fight the NGOs. Believe me, the, all these NGOs, man, oh, they've taken, they've gotten so much power that I think they're just an extension of the cartels and aiding and abetting this whole situation. But um, it really is a mess. And so what's happening they're coming to a town near you. And these towns, a lot of the time, it's not big metropolitan areas. Sometimes they're small communities, counties, where a thousand people, it's a huge impact. And, and they don't, they need, despite however you feel about immigration, these are human beings. And what are you going to do with them? They need shelter, they need clothing, they need education, they need healthcare. Well, let me talk about the healthcare. It is nuts, man. I mean, we're seeing stuff in, in, in the U.S. that we had never or hadn't seen in a long time. They're dengue fever. Uh, scabies, lice. There was an outbreak of uh, lice in El Paso and tuberculosis, uh, chicken pox, uh, flesh eating bacteria. And guess where they go? To our hospitals. Uh, they're on our airplanes, our buses, close confined spaces. Forget COVID. That's a freebie. Uh, it's it's everything else that you're like, what what the heck? I'm gonna get can, you know I'm gonna get sick. A lot of our border agents do get sick. And get, uh, you know, they catch all this stuff that they're bringing because um, they've never been vaccinated for anything. They've never been, they, they just, they come from these third world countries that all of a sudden the burden is on us and they're filling up our ERs. Uh, so the healthcare system is uh, being affected. The uh, criminal justice system, the sheriffs, the, the, the chiefs of police are like, what the heck? Because there is a spike in crime. Not everybody that comes is a great person. The majority, I can tell you, they're good people. But the most, well, there's a lot of them that are not, and they have. There's a lot of criminal element, and they're selling meth and fentanyl. Sometimes they're forced to because the cartel has them doing that. You can't pay back. Well, all right, get into the community college and start selling meth and fentanyl on, the, on campuses, and uh, and and of course the school system. That's the one that I get most the most phone calls because all of a sudden they got 30 new kids. That's a lot for small communities like. Uh, the, these kids are, first of all, have a lot of health problems. Second, they don't even speak their own Spanish. You would think, oh, they're at least Spanish. No, not even Spanish. They have to speak some kind of different dialect. 
or uh, there's a lot of issues there. And our U.S. taxpayer is pushed aside and your local elected officials are putting them first. They put all these illegal aliens first. They allow them to get on an airplane without any identification. That's the first thing I would change immediately as a congressman. I cannot, I cannot understand after what we went through in 9-11, because I've seen it. They've done it in front of me. I've videotaped it. I've challenged TSA when people from Africa in front of me are going through TSA with no ID. And I'm like, you try it. I can't do it. They didn't let me do it. No one in the United States could do it. But if you're illegal, you can. Be, oh, they, they've been processed by Border Patrol. What do, I don't care. What, what does that mean? You still don't have a valid visa. You don't have any identification, a passport, or anything. It's the information in that packet, that yellow envelope that you see, is whatever the alien provided. Hmm. Well, my name is Joe Blow. Okay, that's what we have to take. And they're getting on the airplanes, man. And, and this is like, it's against the law. <laughs> you yeah. can't do that. So why why are they doing it, Victor? What do you think the bigger picture of all these millions of people coming coming over are? What what are they trying to achieve with this? I think it's several things. First, I thought it was just the votes. Eh, yeah, that's that's one of that's one of the things, the political aspect, right? These are going to be Democrat votes. I don't care what anybody says, because uh, it doesn't make sense to me. They're living in Venezuela. They, they, by the way, most of them left Venezuela four or five years ago, and they haven't lived in Venezuela. They've actually been granted am, uh, uh, asylum in Peru, Colombia, Chile, and they you know what they did? They got rid of all their documents. They're all littered around the, uh, uh, on, the, on the border. I pick them up, and I read them, and... They don't want to be identified because they don't want to tell the U.S. I already I was already granted asylum in another country. You can't get asylum in two different countries. And so these people that are coming, uh, everybody says, well, they're leaving a socialist country and that's why they're leaving. And I go, well, what they're coming here and what they're doing is exactly what they're doing over there. They're allowing the U.S. government under socialist kind of, you know, uh, policies to take care of them. And they don't want to work and have that. Well, that's exactly what was happening. And look, look at your country. It's falling apart. And so uh, they, they are loyal to the Democrats. They will vote Democrat. Another thing is, let's put the vote aside. What it does is you put all these millions of people in different communities and it changes the dynamic of the, uh, of the population. And so here in the U.S., we issue and we uh, assign representatives in Congress according to the population. Well, guess what? They're going to start counting populations and it's going to be more Democrats and they'll never, ever, ever want us to take the House or the Senate back ever again. And that's another way I think they're doing it. But I think even deeper and bigger picture, it's ideology, man. It's the socialist, uh, communist ideology of the left that they want to change our country, the fabric of our country. I think they fundamentally want to change that. I, you do that by bringing people from all over the world. And let me tell you, I want people to stop thinking about Mexico and Central America because that's the easy one to think about. It's China, Chinese people, Bangladesh, Africa, uh, um, Europe, Middle East, uh, South America. That's who I saw and that's who I talked to. And I'm like, where are the Mexicans? Where are the Central Americans? Those are getting smuggled. They don't even want to come in and turn themselves in because they can get returned right back to Mexico and they don't want that. And so you have all these different countries being represented, being caught, the ones that we know about, the ones that are turning themselves in, and the ones that ha we happen to catch when we get lucky and have a Border Patrol agent out there inter interdict, or it's not even the Border Patrol, it's the sheriff. It's the sheriff or DPS that interdicts them. And we got all these Chinese nationals all of a sudden coming in uh, from China, 
and there's a language barrier. You can't do the quick interview. What do they want? We don't know what they want. Are they spies? Are they uh, what, what? Are they engineers? Or are they are they going to be poor, put in the forced labor camps as well? And so all these issues, and they're coming to these towns. And uh, you know, it's the, not just just on the uh, the southern border too. Uh, here in Florida, where I'm at, they're dropping them off of boats and helicopters. They're just swimming ashore. Chinese mm-hmm. men. So what 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 do you think the bigger picture is with all these men that are coming? A lot of people have said. Uh, they're gonna like have these guys, you know, turn on us and fight us. You you see anything like that happening? Um, I one of the things that I think it's a national security issue for sure because we're not vetting them. That that for sure, we don't know who they are. We can't vet. I used to vet people. I used to vet companies, and it, it, you can't do it in five minutes, man. You just can't. And I talked to the border agents where they come and see these people, and they're like, "This guy should not be allowed in," and they're processing them, and they need more time to make phone calls, other database checks. But no time. Move them. Move them in. But I think that um, I think they will be used against us. I think these people, I think the left and the, like the Black Lives Matter movement, the Antifa and these riots, I think you they're going to recruit them. Why not? They're there. They're not doing anything. Pay them some money and start destroying cities and burning them down like we've seen before. Hello, this is Michael Jaco. If you want to learn more on how to unleash your own intuition, Go to michaelkjaco.com, unleashingintuition.com, where you can find my courses on how to become the master of your own reality. I think that that, that, that's something that they would use the illegals to do. Uh, One of the biggest issues I have is the public safety issue of it, obviously. National security is big, but the public safety is we have a lot of crime here already to deal with. And now we're getting people that are committing additional crimes. I did a, a, a presentation yesterday and I always look for new, you know, new cases, and and there's always too many. I could do a presentation just on on Americans being victimized by illegal aliens. That could take me two hours just to do a presentation on that because there's so many. And the one I I, I saw yesterday was a uh, uh, an illegal that raped a little girl in Alabama, and he came to the southern border. The other one was an MS-13 gang member that came in as an unaccompanied minor. And when people hear unaccompanied minor, a lot of people think, well, he's a five-year-old, six-year-old. No, no, he's a 16, 17-year-old MS-13 killer. He mm-hmm. choked uh, a 20-year-old autistic woman to death in Maryland. And I'm, I'm thinking, listen, these are 100% preventable crimes because if that guy wasn't here illegally, that crime wouldn't happen. I firmly believe that. And so securing the border defends lives, it secures lives, it uh, saves lives. And actually would save a lot of these people themselves from being victimized. I don't know if you heard the big case in Cleveland, Texas, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, an illegal alien from Mexico, his AR, when he shot up his own community. Yeah. And killed, I don't know, I forgot how many. I think he killed five or six, including an eight-year-old little boy right. or nine-year-old little boy. And um, and and this is the, the part where by the time that happens, it's too late. You've already become a victim of the crime. It's policy-driven by this administration that we have to pass laws. This past Thursday, we passed a law, the House passed HR2, which is the Border Security Act. And I read the bill. Uh, it's, it's, it was a watered-down version bill of, of HR29, which is the Chip Roy's bill, Congressman Joe, which is a great bill. Uh, he, he sent it to me. I read it. It was great. But I was thinking, why do we have to pass a law to enforce the law? It, 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 it makes no sense. We already have immigration law. 
We already have. We don't need new laws, believe me. But we're having to force the Biden administration to act, and not one Democrat voted for it. So I, I guess the Democrats don't care about public safety because what I'm talking about here is really, if you think about it, is is nonpartisan. This is about our national security. This is about our livelihood. This is about our safety. Anybody should care about that. Doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're at. And and I'm trying to kind of push that message a little bit. I listen. The Democrat, the 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 cartels and and the counterfeit pills. They don't care what you think about politically. It's gonna it's gonna kill you. It's gonna kill your son or daughter. Six out of every ten pills in this country right now is counterfeit, according to the DEA. Six out of every ten. Think about that. Adderall, Xanax. Uh, uh, we're a pill popping society. And I've seen. I, I talked to the angel moms. I've talked to the all these families that have lost their loved ones. We have a drug epidemic. Yes, we have the heroin uh, heavy, addicted person. But we also have people dying that never use drugs. And uh, someone gives them an Adderall and they're partying and dead. And there you go. And so it's over 100,000 of those. Dying of uh, marijuana laced with fentanyl now. Yep. Yeah, you can't even, I mean, you can't even smoke marijuana because uh, xylazine is now another one, which is a, a horse tranquilizer. They're, they're, uh, uh, using xylazine a lot, it just just numbs the hell out of you and kills you. And and then the, a lot of law enforcement has been exposed to that. That goes airborne and you're done. I mean, uh, police officers are carrying two or three Narcan pens uh, in case they get exposed. Uh, school systems have Narcan pens like crazy in their uh, uh, close to the buildings around there in case a kid gets an overdose of of, uh, of these drugs. But this is where we're at right now. This is where we're at, and and our government well, does seem to want you, to. Uh, you were you were talking about the um you know the crime and stuff like that. Now uh, I just saw a report where there's tremendous crime in like Target and Walmart and um, even Costco. Now I know a lot of these these corporations have their own security and teams that look out for that kind of stuff, but still they have like over the top crime that's going on. Do you think a lot of that is part of, uh, you know, the, the border crisis? A lot of these criminals are coming over and, and going into crime gangs and, and doing the criminal activity and the taking down. I, that's a great that's a great point, because I think there's a connection. Now, I'm not saying that all the people that come across the border are doing what they're doing. A lot of them are, are U.S. citizens that are doing this. But it but it goes to show the lack of respect to for our laws. They see that the government and I'm talking about the state government, federal government, county government, are not enforcing the laws. And so they're getting away with uh, the theft, sometimes with violent crimes, because they know that they're gonna be protected. The bad guy all of a sudden is the victim. And you shoot a bad guy and they come after you. And, and so, especially if they happen to be a minority. And we've gotten into this unusual um, uh, uh, situation where the mayors of cities the county commissioners are dictating to our chiefs and police and sheriffs how to enforce the law or or don't do this or don't do that. When did they go to the academy? What what kind of law enforcement experience do they have? But we have that just like the federal government is doing it. The local governments are doing it themselves and they tie the hands of the sheriffs or the chiefs of police and say, don't arrest that if he's illegal, let him go or don't call ICE. And it, and, and it, of course, it affects all these other uh, local crimes. So I've seen in uh, New York where they're, uh, you know, kicking uh, homeless veterans that have, you know, uh, emotional and psychological problems, you know, out of hotels that they put up for, uh, put them into. 
put them back on the streets so they can make uh, room for the illegal aliens that are coming in. Also, people that are having, you know, booked hotels and so forth to uh, have wedding ceremonies, they're like, cancel them because Im uh, immigrants are coming in. Who's paying for that? And why would they kick them out if, is are they getting more money for that from the government? A lot. These contracts are worth a lot of money. And who's paying for it? You and me and, and everybody else. And it's the U.S. government paying for it. They, uh, they don't want to tell you, but a lot of the money they're using is COVID money that was left over. Remember, there's a lot of billions of dollars. And so they're reappropriating all these funds without you kind of knowing what's going on. And they're dishing billions, I mean, billions of dollars through the NGOs, through these non-governmental organizations. And let me tell you, there's some good NGOs out there, but there's some really bad ones. And you reminded me of, because uh, of the, the, the veterans that got kicked out of the hotel. I was in McAllen, Texas last year. And it was raining and it was cold. It was kind of a, a weird, ugly day. And I was outside of Catholic Charities, one of the biggest ones that allow and process all these uh, illegals. Well, I, I was with four homeless men. One of them was a veteran. And I'm out there with an umbrella and they're right by the door and they wouldn't let them in. And I'm out there, hey, these are Americans. At least give them shelter for one night and get out of the storm. Nope. But right in front of us, people from Haiti, Honduras, Central America coming in and move out of the way, move out of the way. And they would let them in. It outraged me, man. My blood was boiling. And they, and then some kind of supervisor came out of there and says, go away. We're not going to let you in. And I'm thinking, why? Because they don't get paid for the U.S. citizen. They only make money off of the count of the bodies that are illegal. Paid by the government, huh? It's crazy. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Wow. So really, really good insight. So, um, what what's a long term situation look like, man? I I, I want to. I'm an optimistic person. Let me tell you, okay. and uh, uh, it, it's it's bleak. It's bleak because there's no end, there's no end in sight as far as uh, having them change the policy. Uh, there has been a slight change, slight movement, and and I've seen a little bit of change, but not big enough to make the impact. And because this administration will continue to lie, you hear the Secretary of Mallorca's literally continue blatantly lying to the American people about the border being secure. And nothing seems to phase them, not the cartels, not China. So the big picture here is China, Venezuela, Cuba, and even Russia that has a huge influence uh, over Mexico. And they're present in Mexico because they know that if they're in Mexico, they're as good as being in the U.S., and that's a huge threat. I mean, we're talking major. I mean, these are our, our enemies. Uh, uh, there's no describing them other than they, they don't want they don't like us. They want to destroy us. They want to take over, like especially China. So China keeps on giving the cartel the precursor and the chemical. Um, they, they use the cartels, believe it or not. The cartels are multi-billion dollar industries, right? They're highly sophisticated. They're, they're violent, all this stuff. But... China is the one that's using them. So they actually are the soldiers for them. And, and Venezuela, Venezuela has big, big cartels that come through Mexico as well, uh, pushing their people, their agenda. Uh, and of course, uh, I, I don't have to tell you about Russia, but um, our government doesn't want to seem to uh, go to war on that. You know, I talked in my book that I wrote about designating the cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. And that picked up some steam this last year. People started talking about FTOs. And like, yeah, I've been talking about it for years. Yeah. And, and I explained in the book the breakdown of what that would do and give the government resources, DOD resources. Uh, it would allow us to 
sees all the assets of the cartels, the, their money, their bank accounts, their, their property, everything can hurt them because the cartels, you know, their motive is money and power. ISIS kills us, but wants to kill us because we're just us and we're Westerners. And, and so people tell me, well, they're not the same as ISIS because they have different ideology. I don't care. When's the last time you heard of ISIS killing 100,000 people in the U.S.? It, it hasn't happened. But the cartels have with the pills. But they're not killing us with bullets. They're killing us with counterfeit pills. And that seems to be okay. No, we need, we need to recognize that we're at war. They know we're at war, but we're not acting like it. And this designation, it does put on the table uh, military intervention, sure. And I'm not completely against that. I'd rather try everything else first and try to take them out that way. But if it doesn't, we have to consider, you know, Colombia, what happened in Colombia in the, in the 80s and early 90s where we had to go out and take out their labs, you know? And, and I mean, uh, that's what it comes to. But Mexico, as soon as they heard a wind of that, what do they do? They shove their sovereignty in our face. We are a sovereign nation. We will never tolerate the United States to come here. To, and I'm thinking, well, what about us? What about our sovereignty? You've been violating our sovereignty and our constitution for I don't know how long. And I feel disrespected by all these countries, especially our own administration, um, disrespecting our own constitution, our own sovereignty. And I'm frankly tired of it. That's why I'm running. Yeah, very good. Yeah, we'll definitely, uh, you know, put your uh, links and stuff up uh, and support you. Now, uh, your book, Agent Under Fire, uh, let, me, let me share the screen real quick so people can see it. So it's uh it's on Amazon. Where is where else is, do you have it? Victor? You can go to agentunderfirebook.com. Okay. Agentunderfirebook.com. And uh it's a pretty cool website and it has some information on me. You could have the links there as well, or you can go directly to Amazon or to uh, barnesandnoble.com and uh, order it right through there. Um and and so it's funny that book, it's already a, what a little over two years that I wrote it. Yeah. And uh I don't know about when I was the first time I was with you, the book was out. It wasn't out yet. I don't think. Yeah, it was, was, it? It was out. Yeah, I actually it, purchased it. Yeah, it's great. Okay. So it was already out. And if you read it today, you think it was written yesterday oh, because yeah. of the information on there is nuts. Right. And and it makes more sense too. Cause I was like, yeah, you know, I've, I've experienced, you know, some pushback, you know, from when I was in the CIA, some of the stuff I've been revealing, but you were talking about FBI and department of justice stuff, pushing back on you. Way back then, I was like, wow, even back then? Uh, so now it's like, now we're seeing it everywhere now. They're, that's right. What do, what do you think about those two organizations now? That's a, that's a great point. I mean, I'm a victim of them as the, at the hands of the government. And yeah. my, my, myself and my family suffered yeah. because of that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you you think, you know, um, in, in your world and in mine, uh, the, uh, who the en who's the enemy? You have to think, right, who's the enemy? Well, sometimes the enemy was my own government. They were the ones holding me back and and, and going through all that. And I'm like, uh, I'm over here trying to focus on other. No, it was my it was my own government uh, keeping me down. Uh, uh, fast and furious weapons, all this stuff that that happened. And uh, and yes, the Department of Justice, the FBI, it's it's got to be cleaned up. That's what I think it should be done. There's got to be a revamping and an overhaul. And maybe maybe you don't get rid of it, but you maybe start all over and say, listen, you, and, and I'm talking about going person per person and talking about vetting and say, what are your interests in, 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 in what loyalties do you have to this government? Because 
One thing is, um, you know, the the line, I know that most everybody at the, at the line, the FBI agents, and, and they are following orders, right? But at what point do you say, hey, I can't, I can't follow this order because you're m making me go arrest a person that has, that was, uh, you know, near Washington, D.C. on January 6th. What the heck is that? I mean, and, and there, I know it's kind of what's going on with Border Patrol right now, Michael. They're, they're forcing them to do something that they don't want to do. And it's the whole agency. And let me tell you, they're demoralized. I talk, tell people all the time, it, it, uh, it's very hard to describe that whatever you do for a living, whether you're a teacher, a banker, whatever, you go to that job, but you're not going to do, they're going to have you do completely separate, something different in the scope of your, of your duties that's against what you believe, but you're forced to do it or else you lose your job. Well, that's how we find ourselves a lot with Border Patrol and, and FBI. Now, FBI is a little different because uh, there's a lot of chain of command there as far as uh, criminal investigations and uh, go knock and do knock and talk on a door and and do all this stuff stuff that I think uh, agents would have a little bit more leeway to say eh, I'm not going to really investigate that I'm not going to follow up on that but they're they're now doing it to where you have to but there also are some willing participants there's some people that say oh yeah I'll go, let's go get them uh, well they haven't done anything they haven't violated any laws they haven't done anything and and some people are in jail as we speak because of it. And so uh, it definitely needs an overhaul because it's been politicized. You know, it's it's no longer uh, it's supposed to be the blind justice. Remember, lady, uh, lady justice is blind, and no longer that way. It's been so politicized, but it's politicized to one side. <laughs> yeah, take that blindfold off and see see how corrupt this is now. Now uh, we I've I've had Mike Gill. He's been on my show before. He's talked about uh, American cartels. Uh, and their protection by the government and the trafficking that's going on. Basically, it's a change of hands from uh, the the Mexican cartels to the American cartels, and the the governmental agencies and so forth are are doing the handover. What what do you think about that? That's absolutely true. So so there is a, a chain there. So uh, and, I, and I tell you because I did these cases. I did a lot of these. Trafficking cases from Mexico to New York, uh, uh, Atlanta, Miami, uh, and such. And so, yeah, you have the organization in the U.S., right? And the the shift now is that the back then it was all criminal organizations. Now they're non-governmental organizations that have permission to take that child. And I'm going to tell you the process because a lot of people give a lot of grief to to Border Patrol, but it's not border. It's not just all in end all with border patrol border patrol is an interdiction agency they pass on even like investigations to hsi to the detectives they're the patrolmen right the patrol officers right. well you have to pass it on well some of those agencies that they pass on to is ice ero ice enforcement removal operations which has been abolished basically by the left they told you they were going to abolish it and you know what instead of abolishing they just cut their funds I mean, I have friends that work there that are not doing anything. And so they're not out looking for fugitives. They're, they're supposed to be doing the enforcement of the interior, right? Mm -hmm. So these these bodies get passed through ICRO. They have no capacity, no bed space, even as we speak right now. So they're released on the streets. And a lot of these are the trafficking victims. They get lost in the shuffle. They got lost in, the, in, the tra in, the, in those cracks. The other one is Health and Human Services, HHS. So the, the, the kids, the family units go to HHS and because HHS is on the, the same, uh, 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 the government is so on them uh, and Biden is saying, 
putting so much pressure on them to get rid of, like, you can't hold them. You can't hold them. I mean, two days and get them out. So, okay. So they have this list of sponsors and uh, I'm the sponsor in Chicago. All right. Here's Joe Blow. Here goes that kid. Well, nobody's checking. Nobody's knocking uh, in Chicago or wherever, Indianapolis, to see who the heck is this person requesting this child. Is it the aunt? Is it the father? Is it the cousin? Is it what? But because HHS is forced to move them out quick, they're laying them out. So it's the, the number is 380,000 since, uh, since Obama, since Biden took over. Um, 380,000 children. Remember when Trump got all uh, the kids in cages and and uh, and they're and you're separating families. That was five thousand kids. Mm. That was five thousand kids. And uh, oh, I lost my earpiece. But that was five thousand kids. And all the outrage from the left, right? They went crazy. Uh, 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 what do we do and all this and that? And then uh, what happened? They said you're separating kids. Well, yeah. Yeah, we're separating them because uh, you can't. You, when you arrest somebody, you have to separate them. When you get arrested for DUI, you 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 sep You don't. The kids don't go with you to jail. All right. And right. so, um, and sorry, I lost my earpiece. But um, and so, uh, Trump said we're just gonna exercise the law and do the law according to how it is. So anyway, what happened is um, they started putting these kids in different care, and so now. With the sheer numbers, three hundred and eighty thousand, there's no way they're, they have they're incompetent. They don't know how to hold it. They're just dispersing these children everywhere. Eighty six thousand of them are lost. They have no record of them. It is is nuts. It really is, Michael. Yeah. So I, I've heard that a lot of these kids are, are ending up uh, kind of like slave labor uh, in a lot of places. Uh, let me let me hear you. Go ahead, say again. Uh, a lot of these kids are ending up uh, in slave labor. Uh, oh, slave labor, uh, uh, sexual exploitation, a lot of uh, labor, uh, labor camps. Uh, the Chinese nationals uh, in labor camps in um, the, uh, the food industry, in uh, the, uh, the meatpacking plants and slaughterhouses. We, there was a big takedown. Uh, they found not, not really takedown because they were doing enforcement. It's because they had to because they called them about uh, a bunch of uh, children working in these horrible conditions. And, well, they're slaves. That's the word, slaves. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. So uh, what's what's your uh, website for uh, your Congress? What what? How do people... Uh... Oh, uh, please, please ask everybody to go to Victor Avila for Congress.com, F-O-R, Victor Avila for Congress.com. Uh, your donations are highly, highly welcome. This, this thing for Congress costs a lot of money. And, um, um, but, but you're going to get a warrior with me. You're going to get somebody who's going to fight for you in Washington and all, and bring the negotiation skills that I have to really represent the people. You can find me and follow me on victoravilaforcongress.com. And I'm also on social media and Facebook. Uh, so you'll find me as Victor Avila TX or Victor Avila Jr. I put a lot of videos. I was in El Paso, put a lot of videos when I was there in El Paso interviewing these people. I was, let me tell you, Michael, I was out from there. And I had never seen what is happening in that city. And they cleaned it up. They cleaned it up the, right before Title 42. All of a sudden, they were all gone. I'm like, where'd they go? Well, they gave them the pass and let them be processed without any questions asked. That's like, that's like the mayor telling the chief of police, 
um, you know what? Don't do, tell your police officers not to enforce DUI laws anymore or driving while intoxicated. Don't enforce them anymore. You're going to pull them over and you're going to check them and you're going to take their information and then you're going to let them go drunk. And then, mm. okay, well then after 7 million of those, well, something's going to go, something's going to happen, right? Yeah. There you go. You'll see some videos and, uh, the, the donation pages and all that good stuff. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, support you, Victor. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough run because you know there's a lot of corruption out there, and uh, <laughs> but, uh, it sure it sure is going to be tough, man. But you know what? Uh, I'm ready for the fight. Uh, we already begun the primary next year. We are we are going at it. I'll be all over the district. I'm going to continue speaking uh, to the groups, and um, and uh, I appreciate I appreciate you having me on and, and the support. It means a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for coming on uh short notice and uh yeah, great, great reveals. Uh, we'll look forward to uh, seeing you at Congress and uh, turning some of this stuff around in the future. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much for the time today. Thank you so much for listening to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Until next time, stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality.